welcome everyone to Studio Insights with Bell Vista Studios. You got myself, Kim, Hannah, and Victoria. This is our opportunity to chat as a team. We force it on ourselves, really, and we're accountable to the internet to have <laughs> to post these every week. So it's good that we force ourselves to do this accountability and this development. Um, and yeah, it's just an opportunity where we ask each other questions to help ourselves improve on what we're working on and be better people or practitioners. So uh, Hannah, have you got a question to kick us off? I do. So my question's for Victoria. And so recently Victoria recorded video solo. I think you're going to steal my question, but yeah, go on. Is something that she wouldn't have done in the past from me knowing her. So I just wanted to know, what do you think enabled you to do this? Because I feel like there'd be a lot of people out there who are potentially not confident enough yet or don't have the capability to be able to talk about what they do and share their knowledge with others. So I just wanted to know like what, how it happened for you and what advice you have for other people in that position. You've kind of stolen Before you, question for you guys too. Oh, no. <laughs> That's funny. I just want to give more context because Hannah, that was my question as well. But like, I remember a long time ago saying to Vic, let's get on videos like Hannah and I, and she was just like, nah, yeah. like no deal. And now like you've just launched a series of solo videos where you're teaching people some of the activities the human-centered design activities people you need to check them out because the freaking comments are blowing up and people are like oh my god I'm so glad that I know about this activity now so go check out our human-centered design playlist because you'll get to see Vic in action on her first ever solo videos but like the first video has gone out and it's like probably <laughs> blowing up more than any other video we've made so how did you get from a place of no Kim, I will never be on camera to superstar making our best videos? Well, <laughs> to be honest, like I still didn't want to do it. I guess I probably felt like I had more of a choice the first time it got brought up. But for this challenge, like I knew that I had to do it. So I had to just get over the fact that I didn't want to. <laughs> um, and then like once I'd accepted that I just had to do it no matter what. <laughs> um, that was when I guess I started planning a bit more. Um, and I had seen some of Hannah's videos that she had done, which helped me like plan like the format for my videos. So I knew like what kind of, like I needed to have like an introduction and introduce myself and then um, kind of like how much I need to talk about each activity um, and that kind of thing. So it definitely helped me have it like finding a video that I wanted to, that was like going to be like similar content to mine, I guess, that I could try and replicate because I enjoyed like Hannah's was like really informative and like I liked the flow of it and everything. Um, so I guess the first step was like finding some, because it was out of my comfort zone, like finding someone that I could, that I trusted and like I liked what they were doing. Um, and then I could take that and like put my own something <laughs> into it. <laughs> and so that was like literally just take, like I watched a video, just took notes on like, um yeah what kind of things she said in each bit um even like I know this probably comes naturally to a lot of people but like what to say when you introduce yourself and like little like bri bridging sentences and stuff to use um like just take yeah taking note of how she did things like that in her video um and then I did because I did try just recording after that and I just kept messing it up. So <laughs> I did like write out a rough little script for myself 
initially for like what the introduction would say and what little thing I'd say at the end, which was just stuff like there's a link in the description below that kind of thing. But I just needed like it really etched into my <laughs> brain so that I actually remember to say that when it got to the end of the video. Um, so I did like a rough little script and just kind of like read over it a few times and it was still because I just kept kind of adjusting it so it felt natural but I was still like I was confident I was covering everything I wanted to cover <laughs> um, so I did that and then it was still a very challenging <laughs> process like I think the first video I did and all the videos were like maybe two or three minutes each and that was it but the first video probably took me like an hour and a half to do because I just kept messing up so I just had to do it like over and over and over again um just practicing and then I guess like by the time I'd finished that then I was confident with the introduction and how I was finishing the videos so each video then was just like uh before I'd film it I'd just review what activity it was what like the key points were um and because they were only short it was kind of easy to get that memorized and obviously by the end I'd done 10 of like the same kind of format so it got easier as I went along just from like <laughs> repetition really <laughs> um but it was like I did still find it really hard <laughs> and like I don't want to do it again <laughs> it's so much harder filming on your own than like if someone just asks you a question you can answer like I'm not yeah I found it really difficult like memorizing things and not messing up my words and saying stupid things because I'd get nervous and then I'd like try and fill the like <laughs> gaps with just rubbish and I'm like this is useless so yeah it was a lot of practice redoing things um but at the same time trying not to be like too critical of myself because everyone makes mm. like little mistakes and it's not it doesn't impact the overall message as much as you think it does mm. um so yeah, that was kind of my process. <laughs> if that answers both your questions. Yeah, I'd like to dig a deep, a little bit deeper on a couple of things. So I guess one thing you said is like, what do you say in an intro? So what what are the key things to cover in an intro? Um, well, I did like I ended up doing mine a little bit differently to Hannah, but it was like, who are you? Where are you from? That was pretty much it, really. Yeah. But it was still something I had to like, because it was so out of my comfort zone, like I needed to know the yep. basics and just start from nothing. Yeah. Because it does seem so easy when you watch people who are confident and who have been doing it for a while. Like you don't even think of the little things like that. But mm. yeah, I found when it came to me doing it, I was like, I am going to forget <laughs> to say my name or something like that because I'm so it's so new to me and like I was nervous and I wanted it to be really good so mm. yeah <laughs> and you said about like linking sentences or filler things like what what are some examples of that um people are probably gonna think I'm the biggest idiot for saying this but just like in this video today I'm going to talk about blah like not just like getting straight into mm. I'm Victoria I'm from Melvista Studios empathy mapping is blah blah like you just have you need like little like conversational things like you're talking to someone like because you are actually explaining to someone like you wouldn't in a yeah. conversation and you wouldn't just jump from like one topic to the next so just little things like that but 
yeah, I found that I did actually need to like write that down and <laughs> make notes of like different ways of saying it. So it wasn't the exact same every time, but mm, yeah, yeah, it's still following the same format each time and you're still saying the same thing, but just a little bit different, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And you said this one, you, uh, these videos, you felt like you didn't have a choice or, and that's why you had to do them, <laughs> which I guess is like, it's, yeah, an ultimatum or some sort of motivation. So do you want to talk about mm -hmm. that in terms of how it made you overcome um, and do them? Well, I guess maybe when it had been brought up in the past doing videos, it was like as a question or like a suggestion or something <laughs> from you. Whereas this, it was like in my task that I was following, like I had a checklist of everything I needed to achieve. And one of them happened to be 10 solo videos. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to like, uh, what's the word? If you suggest something, I'm like more than happy to say, no, I don't want to do that or no, I don't like it. But if someone's like, this is your job, you have to do it. I'll usually do it, even if I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Taking some notes. Studio <laughs> anyway, because like even Studio Insights is another example of that. Like I, that was just in my calendar one day, like we're doing this video. So I'm like, okay, I don't have to do this. Which is, yeah. yeah, this video here, like yeah. you definitely had resistance and then you're doing, and like fucking, you're so confident and like articulate. Hmm and mm -hmm. the value that you share is so good in these videos I people will probably be surprised that this is probably the worst thing that you ever have to do <laughs> in your role um, but you do that so well so like everything else she does is probably brilliant <laughs> well yeah it's probably not very motivating for people to hear that <laughs> you just have to be forced to do something but sometimes you do you need that to mm. overcome things <laughs> like I couldn't do it on my own I probably could, but I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I need someone else to make me. <laughs> and what about um, any tips for people where, like, I know sometimes, like, you don't watch any studio insights. You're like, I ain't watching myself back. <laughs> but, no. um, like, with your videos, I think you were editing them as well. So it meant that you kind of were forced to <laughs> listen to yourself. <laughs> and a lot of people don't like hearing their voice or, like, how they look on camera or whatever. So any mm -hmm. tips for people where they have recorded, they've overcome the speech part, the planning, and they've done it. And now they're like, because I think when you watch it back and you hear your voice or whatever, it could prevent you from putting them live. I've heard people mm -hmm. say that a lot of times. So any tips for people to not get caught up in that and make, because they'll know that the value that they've put into the videos is there. So what tips do you have so that they make sure they go from your video is valuable yeah you might want to watch yourself and you don't like it but it's worthy of the world and the world mm. is needing it um I think for me it did help having an unbiased opinion like I so I didn't watch them back after I recorded them because they were short enough that I knew like yep yeah, I've like that one's done and mm. I didn't make any mistakes or like I'm confident I like, covered everything so I wasn't watching them back immediately after or anything like that um and then I actually sent them all to you Kim because I just wanted to check in with you that they were like on track before I mm. went to the effort of editing them all and that kind of thing um so I sent them to you without having watched <laughs> any of them back <laughs> and said can you just take a look at one 
and you did and you came back and you had good feedback so I just kind of focused on that because I think if I had watched them back before giving this to someone else I probably would have held back but I just kind of like took that like didn't give myself a chance to do that um and I knew that if you were happy with one that like I knew I'd followed the same kind of thing for all of them so if one's good then I don't actually know how many ended up watching it you wouldn't have watched all of them though <laughs> um, I only watched one <laughs> yeah but I think just getting like that feedback from someone else helps because that like removes the doubt enough for me that yeah like they've whether I like my voice or how I look or not it doesn't matter um I know that like the videos are hitting like the mark that I wanted them to um so yeah once I had that for me I could just go I still hated the editing process like I didn't really watch them I was just like listening them to make sure I hadn't like said anything too stupid or um messed up and forgotten about it kind of thing um so yeah I just yeah I focused on the fact that you'd said they were fine and that I knew that meant <laughs> they'd all be fine and I didn't consider yeah if I yeah if my voice was okay or that kind of thing I just focused on these videos are done <laughs> they just need to be edited and that's it I'm not there to like um analyze them and mm. all of that so yeah get another <laughs> person's opinion if you can <laughs> if you're really worried and then just keep that like front of mind when you're watching the back because it's not about you really it's like what you're sharing that's important cool everyone go check out the human-centered design activities they're really awesome they're like people are like so like oh my god this activity is amazing um can't wait to run it like there's they're really good and there's 10 so check them all out cool well, did you want to follow up <laughs> you go Hannah if you've got something else oh yeah well my reflections from it, from what you're saying, like I think I've had like a few little epiphanies and what you've been mm. talking about. Um, I think it is when you're saying it's helpful if someone forces you to do <laughs> what you don't want to do. I actually think that is super powerful. When I look back at like all the things that I didn't want to do and now like I love doing it and I'm so happy and proud that I can do it. It's always been someone like a mentor or someone that I trust saying like you're doing it. You don't have a choice. Just do it. And I think sometimes that is really, really helpful to have someone who like believes in you enough to put the effort into you and say, you're doing it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't say you have to do it. I think, and even at the time you might think it's like, I don't want to do it. And like, they're being mean, like it's incredible. I think it can, I don't know. It's just, I think it's such a good thing to mm -hmm. have. So I guess for people who don't have like a supervisor or someone in their life that is pushing them and helping them to be a better version of themselves. I'm just thinking maybe like getting a mentor or getting someone in the industry and pairing up with them and just getting them to challenge you mm. and force you to do things. Cause I think that can really help you like move forward in life. Um, the other thing was, I love how you said you weren't analyzing it and you were just focusing on, like, did I say what I needed to say? I'm not going to listen to my voice or think about what other people might think or anything like that. And I think that's really cool because it's focusing on the facts. So people can just say, like, is what I've shared, like, is that what I wanted to share? Let's, I'm not going to worry about how I feel about what I shared or 
what other people might think about my voice or how I look on camera or anything like that. If you just focus on the facts, you can put things out there without being as worried about it. Um, and then the other thing is, I think is playing out, which is really cool, is I think we're really lucky in our team because we do all believe in each other and ourselves. And you know how there's that saying where it's you're the, oh, what is it? You're the average of the five people that you hang out mm. with, something mm. like that. I think it's really cool to surround yourself with people who do believe in themselves and like are willing to put themselves out there and don't worry about what other people think about as much because then you feel like you have permission to do that as well. Mm. I'm wondering if maybe because, Victoria, you've seen Kim and I do videos and like I've done things where I'm like, I had, like, I don't know what I'm going to say and I'm like uncomfortable or whatever, but I still do it. And I think having people around you like that is really nice to have. And you'll definitely impact people with what you're doing. Like I'm sure people watching this will be like, oh my God, how cool. Like Victoria did it. That's awesome. Now I can get out there and talk. She can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Always could have done it and is incredible at it, but never wanted to. I was like, no freaking way. Like it's, I think it's so nice to have those connections in the world. So, mm-hmm. so proud. <laughs> it is um, really cool because, be, sorry, Vic, before you, whatever you're about to say, <laughs> um, <laughs> like the public speaking thing is like the number one fear, isn't it? That people mm-hmm. have in the world. And, you know, like this is public speaking. Like we're putting our voice out into the world anyone could criticize or um love which fortunately they do love us um but you know it could go either way because everyone has opinions and they're entitled to them and we're all different people and what's really cool is just as you've had your journey now Vic like I do remember back in the day Hannah never wanted to be on camera either and it was like well this is a new strategy and part of our business and like we need to do this you know and with that little push that public speaking came forward for you guys for you as well so like Hannah's journey she's so confident now and has built those and you can probably talk to it yourself Hannah but like the same journey that Vic's just gone on Hannah went on and like built that confidence over time and I think one thing we've had conversations around this before Hannah is it's so easy to talk on something that you love and like particularly for you with your first solo videos I think they were around human-centered design and it was because you were super passionate about it so it allowed you to not think I'm not public speaking right now I'm just talking about something that I absolutely love so I think that's really cool like you just everyone watching this video basically if you have a fear of public speaking these girls were afraid and look how confident and articulate and how much value they bring Mm. and they might get nervous still um but it's possible and just push yourself yeah I still remember in high school where you had to do oral presentations Mm. I would be absolutely freaking out like would not like nights beforehand and it'd only be like I think we'd be up there for like a minute and a half or something (laughs) like that and I was like I cannot do this (laughs) like and everything and now it's just like you could be like come on we're going to come on this video and talk for like an hour and a half about something you don't even know yet mm. it's fine <laughs> Shows but like it, the- I think and yeah it, it's such a a really interesting observation because I remember sweating about things like that in the past as well 
but it's because I didn't know the stuff and I didn't believe it. So I'm up there talking about some shite that I need to do for an assessment, but I'm never going to use it again. And so I think it's about knowing, finding where your interests lie and your form of communication. And like, I think we're a little bit different even in our team in that I don't like training. I don't like like Vic's videos and Hannah's got new ones coming soon as well. But in the past, Hannah's done the training style where I would say it's more scripted. It's like, here's the goal in this video. We're going to teach you this. Here's the how. And now this is the call to action. Go apply your learning. Whoever watches that video. Whereas for me, I fret because I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do that. But I prefer more of a Q&A style. So when you want to add value, which is public speaking, like I've got to public speak, what's the way that I feel comfortable to communicate? And what is my spin on it? What do I believe about the topic? How can you work that into the style of your presentation? Because then it's a lot easier to get through the nerves and the fear because you're already doing something that comes so natural to you. So it's about knowing yourself and setting up the situation for that style like mm -hmm. I prefer Q&A come at me on a podcast come at me in a conference thing give me Q&A and I feel really comfortable ask me to teach someone something and I'd have to practice too much that I'd rather like you guys would you guys would be way better at doing that than me and that's what does play out sometimes is it's like we've got this opportunity to go add value on this particular topic um, who's best placed that person's really passionate and they're good at training it in this particular way so they will represent us doing that so I think it's that awareness to figure it out and put your own spin or avenue on it yeah I think I do prefer Q&A stuff as well mm. like this if you said to me go and film a video about how you got the confidence to film the other videos I'd be like I don't <laughs> want to do that either yeah <laughs> But just coming on here and having you ask random questions about it like that's exactly what were you gonna say a little bit back um oh, i was gonna say like that was my question for you guys like how, how do you get the confidence to film videos on your own because i found it so hard mm. like what tips do you have to remember stuff <laughs> like no, I don't know. I don't know how you don't make it. Like I was just refilming it so many times because I'd mess up like the stupidest things. <laughs> but I'm like, you don't always have all of that time available to keep refilming things mm -hmm. and that. But I'm like, I couldn't not refilm it. Like some of it was so, like I'd, my sentences would just trail off, and I'd be like, I have no idea where I was going with any of that. <laughs> um, so yeah, my like my question was, what tips do you guys have? But I don't know if you'll have more. <laughs> add to this video well, I definitely have to refilm things <laughs> but I think it's like um like you would have heard me because you were in the room when I filmed the webinar mm. opening sentence like 20 <laughs> times but I think for me it's I've gotten to the point where it's like you fail fast but move fast mm. I don't get that. annoyed and be like I can't do it I'm walking away this is ridiculous like I'll do it stop be like shit and then do it again straight away and I can usually still get done pretty quickly so I guess it's just like not spending too much time being annoyed at yourself and thinking about how you're not getting it right you make a mistake figure out what you're going to do next time and move on yeah 
me. Um, I do think it's definitely practice. So because we have been talking about human-centered design and instructional design for so long, there's a lot of scripts that I've said so many times that just come out naturally. So I don't need to, so with the webinar, I didn't need to memorize every single part of the webinar. I just knew that was the main points and I'm, I'd spoken about those things before. So it was just like, I just had to remember the main points and then yeah. my memory and get it back again. So I think that'll happen over time the more that you speak about something. Um, I think I know, <laughs> so I know you two don't watch our videos back, but I went through a stage where I did watch some back and it helped me because I could, I was almost like, it's opposite to what you said, Vic, because you said, don't analyze yourself. But over time, there's things that I've noticed where I'm like, I could have communicated that better or that didn't quite make sense or like that wasn't quite right. And I think by listening to yourself, you can start to pick up and like refine the way that you present. Mm. Something that happens over time. So there'll be, for example, my thing now is I'm trying not to say like, because I don't want my whole speech to be filled with like every time I'm talking about something. So as time goes on, I'll have like, like, I just said it again. <laughs> I'm trying to get to, and it's almost exciting because I'm on a journey to get better and better at presenting. Mm. And then it won't take as long because I would have sorted out everything that makes me have to refilm or annoys me. Mm. Yeah, that's probably it for me. What about you, Kim? Can you ask your question again, Vic? So I get. Uh, just what tips did like what tips have you got <laughs> to help people film better, like film videos on their own better, or what's mm. helped you along the way, like to remind yourself of when you're filming something. Yeah. So I do think it is public speaking, even if it's in video or it's going to be on stage. Um, so I think one thing that I would do just in my free time, like was I'd watch people that are great at talks so that I could start to, what, what do you call it? Like, is it em emulate someone mm -hmm. like put their body in yours almost. So I'd watch people like, for example, Ted talks, um and even sales videos so ted talks i'd be like what is it about how they open the first thing they say that captures the attention and why is that why am i still listening one minute in three minutes in seven 18 minutes in so i'd pay attention to those kinds of things and then i'd pay attention to how they end that ted talk so what are they leaving people with? Is it a reflective, what is that? A rhetorical question, a reflective question. How are they leaving people with an impact at the end? When I watch sales videos, I am thinking about, okay, what's their intent? What are they trying to get across here? And how can I learn from them that makes them successful to convince or influence someone? Because that's what kind of training is as well as we're trying to influence people to do something different. So I wanted to not just learn from the L and D space, but to learn from other places that do it so well and sales because it's measurable and stuff. Um, and when I watch these things, so I'm breaking down their kind of processes. So this was just something I'd like pay attention to over time. 
Um, and more particularly over time, if I had to prepare for a speech or a particular video in before I was going to prepare my thing, I'd just go and get inspired by others. And that inspiration came from what do I like about that? And what do I not like? So certain people, their tone and how they say certain things and their energy can really make me be like, oh, I don't want to listen to you. Or, and other people are like, oh my God, I'm so engaged. So I was like, what is it about those? So that I basically had my own little checklist of like, remember to smile, Kim. Remember to leave them with this emotion at the end of whatever it is. So I kind of created my own little framework. So when I was inspired and knew like what makes an effective communication, especially when it's one way in a video or a speech, um, my next thing is I, it's just instructional design to me. So it's what's the intent of this video? What is the success statement? What's the goal of for us, maybe for me um, or for, and this can be used in an interview as well, like a job interview um, mm. or a pitch with clients or all of this stuff. What's the intent for me as a person, us maybe as a brand, as Bell Vista Studios, and also the person that's going to hear my message. What do I want them to have the change in behavior after the time that they have given to sit patiently and listen to it, whatever it is that I've hope to have impacted their life so I'm very clear on my success statement what do I want this person to walk away doing differently as a result of this and then I basically just apply instructional design why does this matter to them how can I get them to where they need to be and then actions like this is what you need to go away and do differently um, so then I kind of have like just dot points filling out that little template I'm like I want them to think about this and I start like I, I guess this is probably more uh, relevant if you have a bit more time, but you could speed it up if you're like, someone's like, you've got two hours, you could do this in two hours. But ideally for me, I do it over time because I like to go for walks or things like that where I am not distracted and I have the key essence of what I'm trying to come across. And then I'll, I might go to the supermarket or I might order a coffee somewhere and an interaction that I have goes, oh, wow, it's really interesting there. That's an analogy that I can use or that's something that I can use for this part of my speech. And I just start documenting those down and then I'll start fleshing it out. So when I'm very clear on this is the intent, this is the why, this is the how, and this is the call to action that I need someone to do at the end when I'm like, that's it, it feels good. What I do for myself is I have those as dot points. And what I need personally is I need intro sentences to get me to those dot points. So what you were talking about, Vic, with your little flow in, like in this video, I need that as a prompt because I can fill awkward spaces really well. Um, so, and I don't want to ramble, especially in those, those, um, what do you call them environments in a video I have I want to get it over and done with as quick as possible in the most efficient way that adds value to someone's life so mm -hmm. I give myself with those dot points that I have of my key messages I just write the first part of an intro sentence um, and then I'll do dot 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 and then the last part of that when they feel right and I'll practice it so I'll go okay from the start speak I speak out loud I'll speak out loud and I'll be walking around the place and I'll just rejig things. Maybe I'm like, oh, this bit needs to go earlier now. And I get the flow of it feeling right. 
And then when I've got the flow of it, and I'm like, this is good. Then what I do is I get a highlighter and I just highlight the key words so that I don't have to go and read those intro sentences. It might be like in this video and I'll just highlight like in this. And then I know the rest of the sentence because I'm kind of familiar with it now. Um, and I find that's my process and that works really well for me. And I do that a lot. Um, like if I have to have a conversation with someone like, uh, like a, a stakeholder conversation or a workshop, that's how I prepare for that as well. Um, mm -hmm. That's how I make sure that everything is covered to meet the agenda and make us achieve the outcome for whatever that time that we have together with whoever it is I'm communicating, everything is ticked off. Um, and then I'll, another tiny tip is I will have things like um, in those dot points and then I've got the intro and then I've got the highlights. I'll put a Q if it's a question um, uh, or I might put an A if it's an action. They're just little prompts to help me because I don't always have the stuff to be able to like read. I remember doing the conference actually, the learning conference and um, one of the sessions with, this is how I prepared for the session with Christo exactly what I've just did there. And it's, I'm under pressure. I'm kind I'm with my hero. I've got a lot of pressure to deliver, to add the most value to everyone that has bought a ticket to be at our event. And so I like, I'm trying to make sure that I've got good rapport with him. We've got limited time. And I had all that, what I've just discussed on a tablet sitting here. And I didn't want to be like, oh, like, uh, hold on one second, Chris and audience members, like I need to remember where I am. So by having those highlights in the little Q or the A and I number things because my notes can get a bit crazy, a bit like my brain, how it's all like all over the place now, but um, is I know, okay, one's done and I can tick it off. So while he's saying something, I could go one's done. And then when it's ready for the next thing, I'm like two, oh, it's a question. I remember I can see the highlight and the question keyword is this go and then I, don't, I would love now actually to just watch back that session but would people have picked up on that was what was behind the scenes going on and that did my preparation allow it to look like a really natural flow back and forth unplanned experience that brought the most value in that time um yeah so there's that's how I personally do it and like yeah. for a conversation with like it's live with sales conversations, with phone conversations, ordering your pizza, um, like preparing for a video where you're teaching something, preparing mm -hmm. to train in a workshop, all it's all that's how I do it for everything, basically, all communication. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that is good. And I guess I did do some similar things, like mm -hmm. watching Hannah's videos and being like knowing what I liked about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah I guess maybe I did find them more difficult because some of the content like I knew what the activities were but I wanted to get things like when we had example questions and that kind of thing I wanted to get them like exactly <laughs> word for word mm. um and just because there was so many like I wasn't at that level of having it memorized um so yeah I guess I found it more difficult because it was I was familiar with the content but it was like I wanted to, to be really <laughs> exact so I did still need like I had a laptop set up behind my camera with the mm. activities like blown up just so I knew I wouldn't miss any points yeah um and there were definitely some where I was I thought like I think I'm reading <laughs> too much 
kind of thing. But it was usually when there were specific questions that we were saying, like, ask people this question. I didn't want to, like, mess up because just, like, little words you get wrong could completely change yeah. the question. So, and yeah, the I guess. Value. In, yeah, I think in future, like, maybe preparing that a bit differently so it wasn't just me, like, reading over the activity before I was about to do the video and trying to, like, mm. re like remember it all, having a bit more, like, prep and a bit more of, like, a plan around how I'm preparing. I'd also say, like, permission to not have to be off the cuff the whole time and memorise. Mm. So, like, especially for those... So you've got an activity, like run this activity and the thing that Vic's training in those videos, it's this particular activity, here's the four steps. And for example, what you're talking about there is we've identified specific questions or things that the facilitator or the person running the activity needs to say. And you have to say it really close to that because there's a lot of psych behind the language that's used. If that's me and I've done it in videos before where that is important, I read. Like you can see me in videos and I've got the tablet and I say, I'll be like, I know the intro and I'm like, in this video, I'm going to run this particular activity and this is why it's important because I feel comfortable to say that. Like step one is you need to say and I'll just read it and that's okay. Permission to yeah. do that. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make you it doesn't okay, make I won't make Johnny King. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Literally you'll have a video of like just text coming up on the screen. You're like you know like music in your videos and you're just like reading over. <laughs> I'll just be here like this on my phone the whole time. <laughs> I feel like as long as you do the natural conversational part naturally. Mm. So you wouldn't yeah. want Hi, my name is like <laughs> a bit strange, but I feel like you, if there's like resources or anything, that is a good point because I was trying to memorize them too, the questions. Yeah. Mm. Weird if someone just went, oh, okay, and these are the questions I'm going to show you. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't oh, you yeah, think even... yeah, sorry, okay. you go, Vic. <laughs> I was going to say, because I feel like I did have the conversational thing going. So I'd be like moving around, and then all of a sudden I'd be like, how do you. <laughs> So I was like worried that that would be weird. <laughs> but maybe I should have not pretended that I was still being conversational. Now. <laughs> yeah. Out of there. Yeah, bring it on. Like you can't be an expert. Like you don't have to remember everything. And like I also think, you know, especially on a YouTube video like this, like this is yeah. us putting money and effort into these videos and editing them and putting them out. People get it for free. So if anyone makes a complaint about the video, like, oh, it's not professional and blah, blah, blah. We don't have to do these videos. Like, mm -hmm. so to not be perfect, I think is totally okay. Yeah. Well, that's good because they're not perfect. <laughs> but they're really good. So you should check them out. Human-centered design activities, Vic's ones. Little thumbnail face. <laughs> they're so good. And five likes already. And it's completely just gone out. That is lit. Yeah, they're really good. Well, thanks for your tips. Thought that I'll ever need to use them because I will never be filming a solo <laughs> video again. <laughs> well, if you're told to and forced to, you will. <laughs>
because it is your job. <laughs> I like this power. <laughs> <laughs> Any others? I feel like this is kind of a conversation on public speaking. So I did. Yeah. I feel like the other thing that's worked for me and it's different for everyone, but I know there is like scientific evidence to prove that it does help is like mm. actually writing down the key points rather than typing. But mm. I do like, I have my little iPad note taking thing. Um, and if I actually write it down for some reason, it's in my head. So I did that the day before the webinar. I just wrote down the points from the spreadsheet. Yeah. For me. And then the next, like, if that's all I did, I didn't read it again. And the next morning in the car, I said it out loud, but I wasn't even looking at my iPad. It's just what I remembered from writing. Cool. And got to the place to film. It was like halfway there and I could look at the spreadsheet and I was like, yeah, I've got it now. So good. I think it's cool. Yeah, for me, it's a mixture of writing and speaking. Yeah. Why did you either of those? I just <laughs> read it off the screen and tried to remember it. <laughs> So those are easy changes I could make. <laughs> or test anyway. And say it out loud to yourself. Like in the car, I'd say it and be like, that sounded weird the way I said that. <laughs> Try and say it another way. You're talking to yourself, so you look like an idiot, but <laughs> you say it and you're like, oh, that was weird. I might say it with this tone. I'll say it, ask it as a question maybe. And then you get it and you're like, yeah, that's the best way to do it. Move on to the next part. Yeah, I second that. Yeah. Very Probably it from me. Cool. Yeah, valuable episode as usual. Um, thanks, team. Good chat. Good tips shared. Valuable life skills, I reckon. Um, thank you everyone for watching. We appreciate it. Go check out the Creator Hub. Download. Go check out the Human Centered Design playlist on the YouTube channel because that's where you're going to find all the activities and the content that we're putting out that's having a big impact on how we do things and the learning solutions we create and also learners' lives, which we have a responsibility because we are training designers. And yes, so thank you for watching. Send some love our way and we send it to you as well. Peace out. Bye. What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us. Basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, Could I Be a Better Instructional Designer? That has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating and the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very 
much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.